Hello and welcome to Stock Club. You're joined by with me, Ed. And me, Jack. And this week, following on from last week's cryptocurrency uh, pod, we thought we'd uh, look into the more of the mental side of uh, stock trading and how we're talking about how stressful cryptocurrency can be. Well, all kinds of stocks can be quite stressful and there can be as amazing highs as well as very low lows. And certainly Jack and I have seen a bit of our 30 minute share of lows recently, but yeah, I think, um, like you say, for every, what, what's the turn of phrase for every hot, for every like, um, crest of a wave, you know, you've got the, you've got the, uh, the other bit. Um, so very famous phrase, that one. The, yeah. The very famous <laughs> phrase. Um, no, it's yeah. For for every, high you there is a dip but the dips i think aren't, aren't always a bad thing and i suppose we'll explain that later but yeah yeah so cause, I mean, when you first start trading it's, it is a mental mental sort of agility course really you gotta you gotta um negotiate your way around things that you're probably a little bit too unfamiliar with um and it's it in the day it's your money at stake you know and it, it, when you when you see a red number rather than a blue number, it is scary. So we just thought we'd spend a bit of time just chatting about our own experiences and a couple of helpful tips. Yeah, definitely. And I think one one thing throughout all of this is perspective. Um, like you say, when you see the red numbers, you can start to think, "Oh God, my money's going." But it's it's all about whether you're you know, do you want that money tomorrow, or do you need it tomorrow, or do you need it in twenty years? Um, so I think with everything and with everything that we'll go through, the ups and the downs and everything, I think perspective is the one thing that you need to you need to apply when you're looking at at things going up, down, volatility, um, uh, you know, and what's kind of happening with your with your money. Definitely. Well, we, should we start off with the with the bad times and and um, dealing yeah. with those? And, get get <laughs> get them out of the way. Get them out of the way because um, I mean, first of all, when you when you first make a trade, I mean, I. I think you're, you're you're the same as me, Jack. I think most people will be the same. When you first make a trade, you're not normally getting big numbers. So you, you, your commission and costs of buying a stock are actually quite a large amount because you don't want to you don't go in with twenty grand on your first your first stock purchase. It's normally a you know, couple hundred quid, maybe up to five hundred pounds. I think my first one was about two hundred fifty quid, and of course there was a uh, like about eleven quid charge on that. So that's automatically about five percent down. And, you know, it takes a little while for a stock to go up 5%, particularly ones that uh, aren't growth stocks. You know, a 5% growth is, is quite a lot. You know, it's, it's something you'd expect over a, um, a three to four month period, maybe, of, of sustained growth. So um, when you first see that number of uh, being a red, you are like, oh, God, what have I done here now? Have I, have I lost it all? Am I going to get that money back? But it's, it, it's something that you have to resigning your head particularly if it's dealing with small numbers that costs will equal a big loss in inverted commas to start off with and it will take a little while just to eke that back but once you have got that back of course you're, it's all plain sailing from there but uh, yeah I, you found Jack? yeah definitely I think um the first the first time I remember it happened and I kind of looked at the figures and then I thought oh Christ and then you know, if you buy and it starts to dip as well, you, 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 your immediate reaction is, what have I done and why have I just wasted 20 quid? But then, you know, for anything for anything good in life, it never really comes free. So I kind of just think that um, it's, a, it's a small price you pay for, you know, the, the ability to have that stake in a company or a business. Um, 
you know, we pay VAT every day on things without batting an eyelid. So um, a small transaction fee as it is, um, you know, you can compare it to maybe using your card abroad um, and drawing out some money, you know, a small transaction fee you should just accept, deal with. And, and yeah, again, with perspective, if you apply that in the right way, then, then that little fee, you know, can, can be eaten up quite quickly and straight away you start seeing a bit of a blue number and you think a lot better about the situation. That's it. I mean, it's worth stating that markets do your fluctuations and, and not necessarily, if, if the whole market's off and your stock's maybe off, it can be up as much as sort of 5-10% off in a day, you know, but that, that isn't a reflection on your stock's um, well, we yeah. saw that yesterday, right? Definitely. I mean, yesterday, for no apparent reason, at three o'clock, Jack texts me saying, you know, Christ, what's happened? You know, is there, is there a bomb gone off somewhere? Because all of a sudden the market decided to come off like two, three percent as a whole. And most stocks came off, you know, most of the FTSE 100 came off almost five percent. So I think they ended up sort of largely between three and five percent off. So there's a huge chunk of your money um, disappearing, but it's not. It's not disappearing really. It's not. It's not a realised loss, that's for sure. And certainly, you can have other ways where the whole market jumps up, like we had, like some huge steps up just before Christmas, when um there was sort of a bit more uh, news about maybe the, the vaccine coming on and stuff like that for COVID and stuff like that. So that that the, the market smoothing isn't necessarily a reaction on your own stock, and it's it's worth looking at the bigger picture sometimes when when you see a couple of your stocks uh, dip down a bit. Yes. Yeah, it's not. It's not the end of the world. You don't need to panic sell. Um, I think it. I think it. You know, you only make a loss when you sell. So even though you might be in the red on a few different stocks and shares, if you're not intending to sell that tomorrow, it doesn't matter because you're not that. That you haven't realised that loss yet. It's only a theoretical loss. And I think, yes, it's still it's still hard to take and you would prefer things to be, you know, in the blue. Um, but if we think, you know, again, like I said, context, long-term, it doesn't matter now. Short-term, yes, that is annoying, but you'd hopefully have, would have made a calculated decision that, okay, if you've taken a punt on a growth stock, it is a punt and you need to accept the possibility of a loss. Um, I, I guess it's like, you know, gambling in, in a sense that if you if you go to the casino and you've got 20 quid and you go right I'm prepared to lose it you can't complain then if you do lose it so um you know it's I think it's it goes back to your strategies your reasons for investing what you want out of investing and and nine times out of ten if it's a long-term thing and you've got you know you, you've got you know that strategy applied across the board a few things in the red doesn't matter because hopefully when you come to realize that stock in the later years and get the benefits out of it, whether it's compounding or whether it's long-term growth, it won't be in the red because give it time that, that, that sort of the trend, if it is upwards, those little dips will be ironed out and you'll end up kind of, you know, overall um, above where you started. Yeah, so, and it, so it's looking at trends, isn't it? And when you look at any stock graph, it's not straight lines. It's not, it's not just up or just down, you know, it's, there's a, there's actually quite a lot of um, fluctuation amongst that. And if you, you know, you can look at your five year graph or you can look at your one day graph and your, your one day graph almost like you think, Oh Christ, if I bought this at like 10 minutes earlier, I could have had an extra one or two P out of it. But that's it, it, not how you got to work. And um, one, one fantastic saying is that time in the market is greater than timing the market. 
And, you know, yeah. it's almost, I mean, if you're in terms of compounding, you're almost looking for dips because you know, that's a good time to stick some more money in there. You know, if the whole market comes off all of a sudden, if you can do it, stick a bit more money in, you know, because the, invariably over the next week or so, it'll go back to where it was before and you've actually got a little gain there. So it's a, it, I, I like to see dips sometimes as a positive thing or a negative thing. And um, you've got to think about the, the money objectively and not think of it so much as, you know, oh dear, I'm losing money. It's, um, you've got to, you've got to sort of put, almost like you're in charge of someone else's um, portfolio almost. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and um, definitely it's, it's stuff that on, on your own, I think it is tough, but we'll, we'll come on to that a bit later about sort of talking to your friends and stuff. But um, I think, yeah. I think, I think you touched on a good point, right? So those dips shouldn't always be seen as negatives. And if you think about the, if you think about the technique of sort of uh, a direct debit every month, um, a lot of investment platforms promote them, and, and as well, when you're dealing with sort of things abroad, like dollar cost averaging and stuff like that, if you drip feed in investments every month, you don't care whether things are going up and down because you'll be inevitably catching either a dip or, or, a, or a high. Um, and if you believe the trend is going up, it doesn't matter where you catch it because average over time will give you a good price that you're paying, you know, relative to the curve going up. So if, you know, I've seen a few things that I've got interested in and, you know, they've fallen and whatever, my my initial reaction is, yes, they're down and that's annoying. But then I'm thinking, well, if I was to put a bit more in, then actually the weighted cost of, you know, capital to me over the two purchases at the top where I bought and maybe at the bottom where it is now is the middle. And, and I'll end up better than I was if I'd have just gone, well, it needs to go back to where it was. So So, yeah, that's something that, you know, Again, obviously, it could go down after you put more money in. I'm not saying you're going to time the bottom, but um, you're kind of de-risking in a sense. Um, you know where your where your highest purchase price was because you're averaging things out. So, yeah, that's one to think about as well. Yeah, definitely. Just like, just look at trends and stuff, and and then actually equally, we're like as as low as the lows can be, the highs can be just as good. And you know, it's oh glorious. Also, yeah. But, but it's all about managing your, your emotions at that, that point as well. You know, when um, it, it's very easy, so it's when, when you are making, you've had a couple of good days, you are making a bit of money to go almost put a bit more money in hand over fist, you know, and, and chase a bit more of a profit. But you, um, I, I say almost that, that, that can be a negative thing sometimes um, because you can catch a price at the top. But, you know, so this, this whole thing of just, not almost worrying about the prices, looking at the quality of the stock, looking at, you know, trying to time it well, obviously, you don't want to buy a stock right at the top, but look, look at stuff that's slightly undervalued, look at the quality of, of, of company, look at how they run, look at how they're paying dividends and stuff, because that's your true value. And um, if, you're happy, if you're happy paying the price, you don't think, well, that's an expensive stock. Yeah, then then it's a good price because it's only worth what someone's willing to willing to pay. So if if you're happy with the price, then you know, you'd be happy with the price. Yeah, exactly. And you've you've got to stick to your guns as well, like you just said. If you think you know at the time, yeah, that's a good price relative to where it's going, and you take it, then you shouldn't really be that worried about where it's going if it dips because 
you should be comforted in the sense that you know it's going to return back to where it was and then go beyond what you bought it at because hopefully you've done your homework and you do believe it's the right you know it was the right price so yeah yeah i think uh, as a rule of thumb it's you're allowed to get emotional over over dips but i think you've just got to then sort of bring yourself back to reality and sort of go right what is the strategy here obviously if it is a if it was a punt and it was a growth stock and it tanks you have to make an assessment of of, of what that situation looks like and, and what you want to do with but yeah i think conversely like we've just said long-term views with things yes the dips happen um but you're not you're not hopefully you're not worrying about taking out that money tomorrow and and yeah, in 10, 15 years time, you'll look back and just laugh at it, really. You'll go, do you remember when that was down? Because time will have done the hard work and you'll be in a, in a good position, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, you think, like, for instance, we, we want to leave, um, like, we've got about 30, 40 years before we retire. Um, and in that time, there will be at least two or three recessions. Yeah, but equally, there'll be two or three growths. But I mean, stuff like dividend reinvest, just... It almost relies on the fact that there's going to be a few recessions and the price goes down because once that you know, dividend ticks in, buys a few stocks cheaper, when it does go up, it goes up at a higher rate. Even if it returns the same price, goes up at a faster rate because you've got more stocks than it did previously. So, you know, so get used to the fact that there's going to be there's going to be more recessions in that time. There's going to be there's also going to be more boom times as well and. And so it's looking at a time in the market that you want. You know, if you're looking at something that you want to, you know, take out in five to ten years, then yes, you might want to look at timing. But if you're looking at something you want to take out in 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 thirty to forty, then almost forget about it. Yeah. And I, I think that that brings us nicely on to sort of to, to what you do when good th- when good things happen to you when you get lots of money in. Um, what do you do then? You know, when you do make a nice bit of profit on a growth stock. You know, and what do you do then? I mean, Jack, what, 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 what do you do? Well, what will you do if you ever make a profit? I'm joking. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it would be nice to. Yeah, no, I think um, I think you've got to be pragmatic about it. Um, you know, I there was a couple of growth stocks that I had at the start. Um, one that we both had an interest in. We both kind of settled on a point we thought it would it would go to. It reached that point. We we took the profit, um, and then the next kind of week it rocketed, and you know we missed out on loads of stuff. But if you'd have asked me, you know, at the start, would you be happy if it hit this price, and would you take the profit? And I said yes. Then that's what I wanted. So any profit's good. It's always you know whether it's ten pounds or a hundred pounds, it's still profit. Um, and if you've got targets, then stick to them because if you waver, you could you could end up going the wrong way, um, chasing something that might not happen, and and you could then really kick yourself. So I'd say stick to your initial initial views and guns. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's also if you if you notice a trend and you know maybe maybe it gets to that profit and you know you think to yourself actually I don't need this right now. Um, I, I could I'd allow it to go a little bit longer. Then see what happens if there's if there's positive moods around the the, the markets and that, and you think there's a little bit more legs in it, then then let that happen. But I think in my experience. Set yourself some targets with your growth stocks. Um, aim for companies that you think could do kind of five, ten percent quite quickly for whatever reason that is. And when it ha- when it realizes that, I'd say either completely de-risk, take out what you invested, leave the profit in as like a float, as like a well, if it rockets tomorrow, then there's I've, I've gained even more. 
or you take it all out you've realized that profit you've you've done what you set out to do and then you can think right what do i do what do i do again and i think if i apply that thinking to a couple of scenarios i did that once i also didn't do it to another stock um because it was just going and going and going and i thought it would continue and then within a week it kind of you know i'd lost all of the profit beyond where i where i would have taken my money and and now i'm kind of got i've gone the other way so i've i've learned a lesson there to sort of it's never going to continuously go up um i guess is the point i was trying to make oh right, yeah cuz i mean I guess what one one question you'll you'd want to ask yourself is what would you do with your profit, right? Like, do you do you go, oh, I've made a load of money here, I'll just go and put it on red again, or do you do you bank that and then um, kind of accept that you've done really well and, and move on to something else? So yeah, what I mean, I I've, I've got my own ideas, but what would your be? What what would your strategy be with realizing your profits and what you do with them? So definitely going into these sort of banking stocks, so I, I call them the bankers, the the ones that you know are just going to do well over the next few years. So for me that your blue chips my blue chips you know i i like putting my profits back into my blue chips and and you know maybe maybe i put them into a fund or two as well you know just a, an accumulation fund or something um and i, I think that's just a it, it rather than taking a double risk for me that's just much better you know um it just it, it helps me sleep at night you know rather than having I mean, a growth stock can be quite stressful at times it really can be so um, definitely just put it into something nice and safe and cuddly and I'm happy. Um, what about you, Jack? What, what, what do you do with your profits? So the profits, I... What did I do on the first one? I think I reinvested that into another growth stock, so the complete opposite of what you just suggested. But now I think my strategy would be to do what you did, but I think I'll put it into fu- into a fund. Um, so I'm going to drip feed money into some funds as like really risk riskless. Well, not risk less, but uh, less risky stuff within my portfolio. And any profits I make, I'll just reinvest into into those funds, and then use my core uh, sort of investment money and put that somewhere else into into a into a, a blue chip long term. Um, term stock but maybe not one that's you know strictly dividend growth sort of um compounding maybe put it into something that's in the FTSE 100 or the 250 but you know maybe like Rolls Royce you know um that's a blue chip and I don't see it going bust overnight but it's got room to grow so that would be my that would be kind of where I'd consider it maybe not as something as risky as the uh the Argo blockchain adventure <laughs> yeah there goes the klaxon the argo alarm um yeah so um oh yeah i think that's, that's a pretty sensible strategy i mean like the funds are something i need to look a bit more at you know personally but that, that's that's for another day you know um but i mean i mean going back to what we were talking about with the, what you do with profit you know i think um it, it's good to like, have these conversations i think one of the main strategies with dealing with any ups and downs is talking to your mates about it. And I think that's one of the reasons why we started this pod, right? You know, we wanted to just, just have a chat really and um, with each other and, and open the conversation up to the wider people and, and, and see what they think as well. Because I think people can be quite analytical of what you do and it, but it, in most times, most times it's a good way, you know, they say that, you know, what you're doing is fine. 
you know, lost a little bit, that's fine. You know, it's just just part of trends and stuff like that. And definitely having a conversation with someone about your stocks, someone who, of course, is interested and maybe has a, a, um, a portfolio themselves, just to talk it out with is just a great help. Yeah. It, you know, whether it's, you know, bouncing concerns, bouncing ideas, talking about other people's performances. Obviously, if you're in a place... And it's kind of how I felt at times, you know, you're thinking, why are, why are all my mates doing better than me? Um, you know, that, that can have a negative effect. But as soon as you start talking about stuff and they kind of get you out of that negative headspace, like anything really, whether it was relationships or stocks or, or life in general, um, just about having a sounding board, bouncing ideas, talking about, you know, what's going on, any tips and tricks, like it's just really, really helpful than, you know, going it alone and feeling like you're isolated. Um, obviously, if, if none of your mates are interested in it, then I'd suggest go online, listen to podcasts, listen, you know, like this, um, read articles, try and make yourself feel a bit more well-informed and in, in touch with, <clears throat> with the market. Yeah, definitely. Is it? You, you can't be not well informed enough you know you can't you, you, like, literally whatever information source is out there even think it's total garbage at least you've had an opinion on it you know and stuff like that so it, it's worth just just reading up anything you know if there, there's there's even articles that uh are put up on each stock um through your through your investing app you know um there's plenty of podcasts out there there's lots of books out there and they all come up with you know, the, the best way forward, just for sure. And they're all as different um, to each other as, as all your mates' um, opinions are. But um, definitely just get as much information as you can, listen to people, and it's aimed to disagree with them. It doesn't matter. At least you know then you disagree with them, and you, you, it's helped strengthen your opinion one way or the other. So that I think echo that 100%. Yeah. And I think, and you know, just come it just comes back to your long-term views and strategy. And I will keep on banging this on because it's a lesson that I've learned. There are days when I'll say to Ed, what is going on? What is happening? And you just come back to me and say, do you need the money tomorrow? And I'm like, no. And he goes, well, that's fine then. So I think, I think aligning, if, if you are doing this with any friends and, you know, sort of a situation like we're doing, if you're aligned on your, your goals, then you can easily be reminded of them by your friends and the people that you're talking to. Um, even if it's family, you know, if you mention what you're up to with your, your parents and they say, oh, how's it going? And you go, oh, well, you know, it's, it's been a terrible week. I've lost a few hundred quid. Chances are they'll turn around and go, yeah, but you don't need it tomorrow. So, you know, hopefully they'll go back up. Um, and then you, you immediately feel better about the situation. Yeah, I think if the more informed you are about things, the better it is, you know, as well. Because, I mean, if you were to say, if I was to go up to my girlfriend right now who has absolutely no idea about stocks and say, oh, today I lost 300 quid, well, or, or rather my, my portfolio is down 300 quid, um, She'd be like, "What the hell have you been up to?" What what she doesn't know is that the last couple of days it's probably been up like two, three hundred quid each day, you know. But um, so it is always helpful to talk to someone who knows what they're talking about. Um, but this is part of like what this pod's all about, really. It's just helping people just sort of know that sharing experiences, and, and you'll go, "Actually, that's happened to me. That's happened to me." And we've all gone through pretty much the same things, you know. And so it, what you're going through isn't abnormal. You know, even if even if you've put everything on black and it's you've lost all your money, I mean it, it ain't going to happen in stocks really because unless a company goes bust, you know you haven't lost all your money. Um, it's not like it's not the same as gambling. It is a form of gambling, 
but it's more like an educated guess. It's a bit more like um, there's a lot more factors. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot more <laughs> factors involved than where will the ball land. It's yeah. you know you you think about it's everyday life. It's you know people's sentiments, governments, are, you know, in play. Even the weather, you know, um, if tomorrow there was a huge heat wave that, you know, um, hit the country for another two months, if you own stocks in, in like a clothing brand, a clothing outlet, you'd, you'd probably see some profits, you know, sudden profits because people are buying random clothes for the summer. Um, so there's, there's so many factors. You just have to, you know, try and do educated guesses and consider and do your reading and your research and, focus on what you want to focus on but it will never all be in, in your control and it's never just left up to chance either so you, you need to kind of be comforted that it's kind of a midway point between the two and I actually I, I do like using the football analogy with it actually because uh, there um sometimes a football club does go best you know, you've got like a Wigan or something that drops off the face of the planet but most of the time you know if a stock doesn't do too well it might be relegated from the Premier League, the FTSE 100, down to the Championship, FTSE 250. But, you know, if it's a decent company, it'll come back, you know, and even if it does sit in the Championship for a little while, it'll still do quite well there. It might, you know, the, 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 the clubs in the Championship may not be the one in the Premiership, but they're a lot better than the ones in the National League. You know, so they're, they're still going to produce you profits, they're still going to produce you dividends. And, you know, you've got your favourite clubs or favourite stocks that you've picked out that you think are going to do well. Not every single one of them can win. You know, only one or two can really, can, can really do some that serious good. You know, they're not all going to go up through the roof. They can't all win the Premier League. But they are all going to do pretty well. They're all going to be decent uh, uh, stocks. They're all going to be, you know, if you've, if you've chosen well. And I think the chances of one dropping out the league entirely is, is slim to none. So, um, particularly at the, the, the top end. So, you know, if you're going to uh, play around with penny stocks, i.e. like your village football team, that, you know, <laughs> that, that is liable to, you know, that is liable to, 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 to go bust potentially because you're nearer the bottom, but equally it's got room, more room to move. So uh, I, I quite like using that analogy because it, it kind of, it, it gives a bit of assurance to people because it's something they can recognise. And I think once you've been dealing with stocks long enough, you sort of, even after a short time, you start to realise actually you know, the worst that can happen almost is the something loses 20% because it, it gets to a point where the company isn't worth less than that. So Yeah. Um, but it's, know, I think there's one thing there, just to quickly mention, is sort of the the actual, I guess, intrinsic value or, or the actual um, measure of of the of the company, right? If if it's a, a like you say a penny stock, so that's something that's under a pound. If it's you know stocks trading at ATP and it climbs five percent, then that's that's going to be you know if you've got a big investment there, you're going to see quite a lot. If something that's trading at I don't know fifty fifty pounds a share or whatever, um, a one two percent you know movement in that won't be as big in comparison because of the 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 vol- you know you know what I'm trying to say right yeah I think the pen, penny you give, you know, penny's percentage so five p on eighty p is a lot more than five p on five uh, fifty quid exactly but, I mean, yeah the, the, they're um yeah and, and it is more difficult to see a big swing in the in the um the higher numbers 
Um, it, and it, you know, for instance, if you're dealing with a stock that is, um, you know, right down in the one or two p's, then you know, there's only a certain number of divisions you can take in measuring that stock's level. So, you know, if it goes up the smallest increment possible. That's obviously going to be a much higher percentage than a smallest increment, uh, smallest increment possible on a, a, a much more valuable stock. So um, there's only so many donations of a, of a penny, you know. So um, yeah, things do move a lot more uh, on the on the lower ones. And I think that's just yeah, get, getting your head around that kind of thing and just realizing that actually, you know where your profit's coming from, what's causing those percentages and, and uh, that, that it all helps knowledge and, it, and it, I think it helps make you happier in the long term. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think overall, you know, you just, you, if you understand what you're doing, you understand what you're trading and buying into, you can understand the movements, the fluctuations, the ups and the downs a lot better, um, you know, and once you understand all of that and you align that to, your, you know, your goals, um, you know, the negatives maybe don't seem as negative and the, 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 the highs, you might not be as emotional or rash about them as well. So, yeah, that would be my, if you were to sum everything up, it would be, it would be that really. Excellent. Well, I think that sort of pretty much wraps up what we wanted to talk about this week with the so mental side. Um, and we, we have actually got a couple of people that have written in and we are going to do a pod soon that has some of your questions in. So um, if you do want to add to that list, then please uh, get hold of us. I think. We're on Instagram um, under uh, at Stock Club Pod. Uh, just get that right because we have had to change it. We were we um, started off under a different name, but we have we have now changed it. So we are Stock Club Pod, all one word, no underscore. Find us on Instagram on there and DMS any questions that you have and um, or any any points you'd like to make. And we'll, um, so give us a follow on there and hopefully we'll get some stuff put up there soon as well because at the moment we haven't but we're working on that we're, it's all it's all new to it's us, a work really. in progress and it's a work in progress but thank you so much to the people who have listened to us already there are quite a few of you actually we're amazed at how many people there are and they're all, they're all over the world which is just just absolutely fascinating but um anyway so we'll we'll move on to our weekly uh buy hold sell um, I'm gonna go first this week because Jack always says that he goes first. Yeah, go on then. Crack on. <laughs> um, my my buy this week um, is going to be uh, one that I did actually buy this week, and it's um, a poly poly metal uh, poly metal. I can't even say it. Poly metal, um, uh, which are a FTSE 100 company. Um, Polymetal International are fully called. Um, they are a mining company for um gold and silver and copper and um they're, they're quite a large company actually but they they've, they've done quite well this week for me i said bought them at the beginning of the week um they're already ticking up but i think they're quite um they got a lot bit more room for growth um they um, they, they have peaked at a higher price and they have slumped back down over the last year but i think as we head into the, the, the next sort of stage of of developments i think with electric and stuff the, the, the copper is just going through the roof so uh, for me yeah that's why i've gone into it and i say my buy this week is polymetal international um my hold this week um i'm actually going for a whole sector on this um just i think just hold on to anything you've got that's um that's to do with sort of tourism or entertainments and stuff because 
they've had a bit of rubbish news and a lot of them have got a lot of bad debts. But I think any losses that they are going to make in the next few weeks will easily be covered again once they get trading. So um, my hold this week, just anything you've got that is um, say in the entertainment or the tourist industries, they've had a bit of a rough time, but I think just hang on to them. They're, they're always not lost, let's just say that on them. Hopefully. Um, hopefully. Well, I really hope so. <laughs> um, uh, my sell this week is, um, is actually just uh, another sort of brand of clothing. Uh, it's, it's clothing is in the sort of, sort of stock. Um, uh, there's a lot of brands on the, on the FTSE 100, such as Ted Baker, Burberry, that have actually done quite well this week. But they're, they're sort of doing well because summer's coming out. Like Jack was saying earlier, uh, the, with the heat wave it's actually done quite well on trading because there's been nice hot spring but actually a lot of these companies I've been reading into them a lot of them have got unsubstantiated plans for what they're going to do next and actually something their, their reports are, aren't going to be as strong as people think they have now because I mean a lot of them for instance Take Ted Baker has um, really underperformed on the online sector and they haven't actually remedied a lot of the problems that they had beforehand, unlike some other companies, that, like, like for instance, SSP that we've talked about a lot in this pod, um, that have actually overhauled their entire systems to make sure they're stronger once they come back in a post-COVID world. Um, the companies at Ted Baker have paper over a lot of cracks. So, um, and, so for me, it just um, I'm a, get a whole sector, any clothing you've got, just get rid of it as a precaution because as an industry they haven't actually done good practice in the in behind the scenes so that's my buy hold sales week nice um yeah a, a few things that i would agree with and maybe a little bit that i would disagree with but um my buy this week you know again it's lloyd's um i th- i think i said it was buy last week and it was at 43 it, it dropped a bit to 41 and for me i just think it's it's still you know it was it, it was a good price then 2p off 40p is you know um a considerable amount and i think you know reading a few articles last week about you know the way that banks are going to approach kind of the new world and all of the you know the housing pushes that um you know we're seeing from from government and all that kind of stuff i think i think they're pretty well set up um to sort of really turn a corner now and, and and make some some strides. So I would say if you didn't last week, then you should buy this week. Um, my hold would be ASOS. So that is going sort of against what you said, Ed. Um, but it, I think it's a it's a very short term hold. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say you should be holding it for more than maybe another month. Um, if if that, I think there's a chance that it it will start to, to dip as well as the whole sector. So I think you are right, but I think I'm just going to try and hold out a little bit longer um, and see if see if there's a little bit more of a rise to back where it was a couple of weeks ago, um, rather than kind of shoot from the hip now and, and, and chuck it. Myself, um, I, do you know, I, I was in two minds about this. Um, one, because I'm a bit wary that one, I, I'd never suggest selling at a loss, but sometimes you have to kind of cut your losses. So there's one, there's one company, Hive, that 
I'm a bit concerned about um, in terms of how far that could fall from where it is at the moment. Um, but I think if you've, I think again, it's kind of going again, what you said, Ed, if you've made any money in the travel sector or if you're in a good position with the travel sector, I would sell now, realize any profit that you might have, because I think we're going to experience another uncertain summer with variants and what we're seeing in India and in other places like that. So I'm actually a little bit concerned about the travel sector in general and anything that's impacted by that. I would say if, you know, if, if you're at a loss, hold it because I wouldn't ever advise selling at a loss, but if you've got a bit of profit kicking around, I'd, I'd say take it now and we'll, we'll see how the summer plays out. It's a bit of a risk averse there, Jack. That's um, yeah. <laughs> quite interesting. Well, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a bit different to my usual approach with the stuff, but um, <laughs> I think yeah. I'll yeah, be a bit pragmatic about it because I've just seen a lot of uncertainty in the news that just doesn't, yeah, it, it's, isn't, it's uncertain. Well, I think actually this, is, this all helps back to what we are saying, you know, talking about things like this listening to what other investors are saying i mean the, the price of the stock is only a confidence indicator of its investors you know if there's a lot more that want to sell than buy the profit price is going to go down and, and, and vice versa so um that it can help you actually just see what everyone else is thinking and you don't have to necessarily agree with them like, I, I, I for instance don't agree with jack on asos and stuff like that we 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 never have agreed on that stock together, but that, that, that's absolutely fine. It's not my investment, it's Jack's. He thinks he's going to make a profit. He did make him a slight profit. Um, you know, um, he was right there. But, you know, it, it, it's it's good to listen to other people's opinions because they are in it with you. And at the end of the day, it's their opinions that can give you a profit or a loss, not necessarily yours sometimes. So, um, you know, listening to what as many sources as you can is only going to help you. So, yeah, definitely. So, I, th- I think that's, that's just brilliant. Okay, mate. Well, I think it's a strong pod. And uh, I think apologies to anyone who um, tr- couldn't download last week's pod. We might have to reload it because I think uh, there was a bit of an error for some um, listeners on Apple Pods. So, we will probably have to reload that. But thank you much for listening to this week. Um, and we shall see you again next week. Yeah, good as ever, Ed. Um, good to chat. And uh, yeah. Speak to you guys next week. Talk soon. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye.